Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. Once again, we're glad that you've joined us today. It's important really important. In fact, it is vital that we hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. What is God's message in the midst of all the chaos and all of the crisis that is occurring around the world? Does God have a message to the world? Yes, He does. And the message really hasn't changed uh, from, from the gospel as it came through the apostles and prophets with Christ as the chief cornerstone. There's good news in a bad news world today. And the good news is that God is on the throne and the, and the ark, the door to the ark of safety is still wide open and whosoever will can come and drink of the river of life freely. Amen. This is the great call of God's love and grace through Christ and through the church and through every child of God to a lost and dying world that is languishing because of the sin and the fruit of that uh, that sinfulness that has allowed the enemy to to infect and affect the world. Listen, today... I believe with all of my heart that God wants to speak a word of encouragement and instruction to His people. That's why we've titled this teaching today, Looking for a City. I'm going to pick up some lyrics to that great old camp meeting hymn. In just a moment, we're going to the Word of God to see how accurate these lyrics are to the biblical truth. You know, there's a lot of fluff stuff uh, out today, a lot of stuff that is just simply beat-driven. And don't get me wrong, I love contemporary gospel music. I don't like to sing the same verse of the same old hymn uh, (laughs) for the 100th time. Uh, It becomes actually boring because it's no longer worship. It's no longer uplifting. But on the other hand, I equally dislike that that has no biblical basis, no real clear message in it. Amen. We can't be vague about Jesus being the way, the truth, the life. We can't be vague about uh, the fact that there's no other name given to men under heaven by which we must be saved. We can't be vague about the truths of Scripture. We need something today of substance because everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken might remain. I want to be part of that. I've received in the kingdom which cannot be shaken. It cannot be moved. Hallelujah. And it's a stabilizing force within our life in these uncertain, unstable, shaky times. Hallelujah. So let me read from this great old hymn of the faith from from a, a few years back, many in fact. Here among the shadows, in a lonely land, we're a band of pilgrims on the move. Although we are shunned on every hand, but we're looking for a city built above. Oh yes, we're looking for a city where we'll never die. And with the sainted millions, we'll never say goodbye. There we'll meet our Savior and our loved ones too. 
Come, O Holy Spirit, all our hopes renew. That's what I believe God wants us to do today. Seeing what we're seeing, living in the last of the last days, experiencing firsthand now the perilous time. It's not coming in the last days, perilous times will come. It was it was looking forward to a future time. Well, now we are in that time. It is not future. It is present tense. The perilous times are here. And that means the coming of the Lord is near. I want to say that again. It rhymes. I didn't plan that. But listen, perilous times are here. And that indicates that the coming of the Lord is is near. Christ actually said in a short statement in the new covenant, when you see these things begin to come, not when you see the culmination of it all, but when you see it start, when you see the beginning of sorrows begin in essence, when you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your head, your redemption draweth nigh. This is a time to lift up our head, amen, and begin to look for a city, hallelujah, to begin to not not be so earthbound. So much of the message has been tainted with materialism, living for the immediate uh, gratification of our flesh through claiming blessings that that are mostly material and certainly temporal. Amen. But when we get back to focusing on the spiritual and eternal, God said, if my kingdom gets first, you won't have to seek what the Gentiles seek. Your value system is going to change. And because the kingdom is first, because the king <laughs> is the Lord of your life. Amen. Because kingdom is nothing more and nothing less than where a king reigns in undisputed authority. And in every child of God's heart and every true child of God's life, we should have no problem with the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come <laughs> because thy king, our king has come. Hallelujah. Listen, and he's coming again. <sighs> Glory to God. Looking for a city. Looking for a city. It's all about the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Who can enter it and who cannot? Who can live forever inside its gates? And who will also live forever outside its gates? Nowhere in the Bible is this question answered more clearly and completely then in the last two chapters of the book of Revelation, chapter 21 and chapter 22, let's talk about the city first. In Revelation 21, verses 1 through 3, listen to the word of God today. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, for he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 
13 through 16 says in the New Covenant, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. Does that ring true to that song? We're, we're, we're just a band of strangers on the move. Hallelujah. In the book of James, it says, I beseech you, brethren, uh, in, in first and second Peter and James, it's talking about our pilgrimage here. I beseech you, brethren, as pilgrims and strangers, abstain from fleshly lust that wars against your soul. Amen. We should live. We are a different community down here we're we are different we're a different group of people a peculiar people the bible calls us a holy nation that we might show forth the praises or the virtues literally of him who called us out of darkness into this marvelous light hallelujah listen Let me read that again. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things desire plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. But now they seek a better country, that is, an heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Praise God. He has prepared for us a city. Amen. How do we know that God wants us to live with him forever? Amen. And that he's going to dwell with us in the same relationship for eternity. Because he hath prepared us a city. And dear friend, if you're saved today, he's prepared you for that city. Glory be to God. Hebrews 11 verses 8 through 10. It said by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place that he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, literally with tents, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. The Old Testament saints believed that God had a plan and a place for them to live with him forever. Hallelujah. And Jesus comforted his disciples and us today and encouraged them with these words in John 14. 1 through 3. It said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself 
that where I am, there ye may be also. Hallelujah. Notice, the place is prepared so we can live with Christ and the Father forever. Hallelujah. You know, I, I have heard teaching years ago, an enthusiastic preacher said these words, and several parroted these words after that. It sounded logical and reasonable, but really when you think of how big and great and mighty God is and how he created all that he created in such a short time, you know, they said, well, Jesus is preparing a place and he's been working for 2,000 years to prepare the place for us. <laughs> Amen. And, and, uh, you know, when, when, when he gets it ready, when he finally lays the last break in the in the in the building for each and every one of us then he's going to come and get us well that's not really uh, how god creates things jesus doesn't have on a pair of coveralls uh, and, and him and the angels are are <laughs> are building heaven friend of mine god created earth by his word Hallelujah. The worlds were framed and formed by the word of God. He said, let there be a firmament. And there was a firmament. Believe me, what he's doing to prepare heaven for us. Amen. It's what he did when he ascended after he rose from the dead after he paid our sin debt on the cross. Amen. That blood did not just sprinkle. The ground beneath that old wooden cross on Golgotha. But that blood sprinkled the mercy seat in heaven. Mystical, spiritual, but it occurred. And because it has, amen, hallelujah, he has prepared the place for us by obtaining reconciliation and forgiveness because we have believed upon him as our Savior, and God has forgiven us and remitted our sins. Hallelujah. He's prepared a place for us, and he's prepared us for the place that we might be washed in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen to what the Scripture says in Revelation 22 and verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and that they may enter through the gates into the city. Hallelujah. In the best Greek manuscripts, this will help you understand this, because we can't, we cannot keep every portion of the law perfectly. We couldn't do that. We can live a life of obedience, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be perfectly sin-free, that we will not have times where we're going to miss something and we need to repent of it. But we sin doesn't reign in our body any longer. Because if you had to keep the commandments to get to heaven perfectly, then Jesus didn't need to go to the cross at all. And the self-righteous Sadducees and Pharisees, <laughs> amen, were, they're the only ones that thought they were going to make it. And they were some of the hardest ones to convince that they needed a Savior and they needed salvation. Amen. The self-righteous uh, and uh, are not 
going to heaven. I'm going to tell you right now. Because except our righteousness exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, the highest order of religionist of Christ's day, you shall in no wise, Jesus said, enter into the kingdom of heaven. So let's interpret this correctly. In the best Greek manuscripts, do his commandments is translated, washed their robes. I'm going to say that again. Washed their robes. Listen, in Acts 17.30, we get a glimpse of how this, what commandments we're talking about here. It said, God commandeth men everywhere to repent. And if we respond to God's call to repentance so we can be reconciled to Him and we receive Christ as our Savior, amen. If we keep His command and follow His command, He wants us all to be saved. And when we repent of our sin and receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, we spiritually wash our robes. You know, we sing that great camp meeting hymn, Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And we sing about the power of the blood. And we sing, Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. Praise God. In Revelation twenty-two fifteen, it said, For without... For without that city, listen, are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Did you know that was all of us to some degree before we got saved? You might not have committed murder, but you, you certainly was an idolater. Because anything that you put before God becomes an idol. Amen. Listen, listen. The Bible says of, of so many sins and of such were some of you, but now you are washed. Now you are sanctified. Now you are justified in the name of Jesus Christ. We have washed our robes in the blood of the Lamb. Glory to God. Revelation 7, listen, 13 through 17. And one of the elders, one of the elders, saying unto me, What are these arrayed in white robes? From whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Oh, what a promise in the Word of God here today. Amen. The unsaved cannot enter. There's no back door. There's no one with sin-stained garments. The only garment that we can 
put on that qualifies us to live in the holy city with God forever and with our loved ones forever is the robe of righteousness which is granted us. Amen. Through the shed blood of Jesus when we receive him as our Savior. Listen to Revelation twenty-one, twenty-two through 27. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. You know, that is the great issue today. You know what the Bible said about every Christian, every true child of God today? The Bible says our citizenship, our conversation is in heaven. Literally, our citizenship is in heaven. The moment you become a Christian, the moment you get saved, the, the Bible said heaven, the holy city, the new Jerusalem records you as I and everyone else that's received Jesus records our name in a book. We, we are already, while upon the earth, I want you to think about this, our name, we used to sing that too, biblically supported. I've got a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. Hallelujah. The white-robed angels tell the story a sinner has come home. Glory be to God. I've got a new name, and it's written down in glory. There is a book there, a literal book called the Book of Life. The Lamb's Book of Life. It records the name of every person who has repented of their sin and received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so we have citizenship in heaven while we were still here upon the earth. That's why. And, and I don't, I don't believe we have dual citizenship. We are strangers and pilgrims here. We have no abiding city here. In fact, we should ha we should travel light while here. We can't stay here anyway. Thank God. <laughs> we, my, what, what was the old saying? And I'm an older guy, so I know all the old sayings. All dressed up, nowhere to go. Well, we're all dressed up and somewhere to go. And we're dressed up in the robe of righteousness that we have, in essence, spiritually washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And it has qualified us to enter in through the gates of that city and to eat of the tree of life and to drink of the river of life. Hallelujah. Praise God. God hath prepared for us a city, and God through Christ has prepared us for the city. 
a prepared place for a prepared people. Hallelujah. A peculiar people. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. A holy nation. That is what God calls you and I today as children of the Lord. And when we see these things that mark the last days, the perilous time coming to pass, lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. It's time to start looking for that city and longing for that city. And in doing so, looking and anticipating for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about it. The scriptures are clear and concise. It says, And to them that look, he shall appear. Unto them that look, he shall appear without sin unto glory. This coming, this not the second coming to judge the earth, but this coming to come for his bride, to take us to the city, the Father's house, literally, that he has prepared. Glory to God. You know, when it says mansions, it, it's simply abiding places. It, it is the Father's house. He's taken us back to his Father's house, just like the ancient wedding uh, situation in Jesus' time. The Son would come. And he was going to inherit the father, everything the father had. So he took his bride back to his father's house, which would become their house forever. Listen, friend of mine, Christ is coming to take us back to the father's house, back to this, this four square city that is 1500 miles by 1500 miles Four square. Glory be to God in 1,500 miles high. <laughs> There's not just room at the cross for you, dear friend. There's room for you in heaven. God has prepared a place for you. But the reason for the place is for our, the consummation of a reconciled relationship. Jesus said, he said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be forever. God God wants us to live with Him, and He wants to abide with us. And if we're looking for that city today, because we have come to Christ as our Savior, and we are longing for Jesus to come, that would be the greatest, grandest thing that could possibly happen, is for the trump of God to sound, and we to be caught up to meet Christ in the air. To go where? Where the, where the bridegroom takes the bride when he comes for her. <laughs> Back to the Father's house. Glory be to God. So that they can be together forever. Praise God. Unto they that look, if you long for him, you look for him. In holy anticipation. Praise God. And to they that look, he shall appear without sin. You know what that means? That means in that coming, he's not coming to judge the earth because of the sin that is unremitted, unrepented of. He's coming for his bride. 
He's not coming to judge the world. He's coming in this secret, sacred coming (laughs) to take us home. Praise God to meet him in the air and to go back with him. Amen. For seven years and to come back with him. When he comes to rule and reign, praise God. Oh, friend of mine, what is about to occur is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And seeing that these things are about to occur, we need to lift up our head because our redemption draweth nigh. He's prepared for us a city and he through Christ and Christ through his shed blood has prepared us for that city. And today, if sins are not washed away through the blood of Jesus, then they are still staining us. And today, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I urge you today, I urge you today, I know the Holy Spirit is already talking to you. I'm just just bringing you to that place of saying yes to Him. Calling you to make a decision, but my words will not do it. No man comes to me except my Father draw him. And the Holy Spirit is right there where you are. God wants you to live in the city He's prepared forever. Because everything on this earth is going to pass away and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And... It will be a place where we will live with Him forever. Heaven's coming down here. We're not just going to live up there. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. And the lion and the lamb will lay down together. Hallelujah. And a child will play at the at the hole of an asp a deadly snake and it will not be bitten it'll it'll play with him and tickle him <laughs> glory be to god and they'll beat their weapons their, their pruning hooks into plowshares all the agricultural developments of the world will 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 be funded by that that's normally going to military funding Can you imagine? God won't even have to work a miracle for enough food for everybody on this planet in the millennial reign of Christ because they will learn no war no more. They will beat their swords into pruning hooks and plowshares. Oh, God's kingdom is about to break upon this universe and this world. And this great king is coming to rule and reign. But if you're a Christian, he's already come to rule, to reign in your heart and in your life. And today, if you're not a Christian, there is absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm not just trying to, to scare you into the kingdom. You should be scared out of your wits today. You should be, listen, listen. To anticipate standing before a holy God in garments stained with sin, having rejected, literally trodden underfoot the blood of the everlasting covenant. We can't keep thumbing our nose at God and we can't keep running from the God who is reaching out to save us. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation as this? There's no back door to heaven. 
There's no way to avoid the judgment to come. There is a way to not be judged when that judgment comes because our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So once again, I want to urge you today, come to Jesus. Repent of your sin. Be reconciled unto God. Let the Holy Spirit draw you to Him. Don't run from Him. Run to Him. Oh, the Holy Ghost is right there where you are. I know He is. Because when He comes, He will convict the world of sin, the righteousness of judgment. He will, in the same moment, show us the Savior and testify of Him and call us to Him to be saved. Oh, we want you to go to heaven with us. We want heaven to be your home. We want you, before He comes, to have the consolation that you belong to God. And God's going to see you through. Keep His promise through Christ and the Holy Spirit. I'll never leave you. Once you've become mine, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you all the way, even to the end of the age. And when the end of this age comes, we will live with Him forever, age without end. In Jesus' name.